Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Today is September 15th, and just like that, two weeks of September, gone. If you're at Datacon this week, it probably felt like the whole month is already gone uh, in a few days, because as you know, conference time is uh, very interesting. But anyway, thanks for joining. Uh, today is again, uh, September 15th. It is a Thursday, and we are in the thick of it. Let me do some basic housekeeping like we normally do. I got plenty of news uh, as the tech industry does not sleep. We all know this. And uh, we'll also have a speaker jump on as well uh, in a few short minutes. So uh, housekeeping, right? MSPinitiative.com. You'll find everything that we do uh, on this website, uh, including sessions where this session, every other session we've done all the way from March 2020 until now, there's hundreds of them are under sessions and podcasts and video format. We'll be announcing some giveaways to be for now and then, yeah, between now and the end of the year with a few sponsors. Stay tuned. Uh, we just completed our Washington, D.C. block party at Datacon. Thank you, thank you, thank you for everyone that came out to Nationals Park. I think Nationals Park told us we had like just shy 1,500 people come through the door or through the gate because, uh, you know, of course, that's how they track things for money purposes. Uh, so that was really cool. It's the biggest one I think we've ever done. Uh, in the biggest venue we've ever done one. So awesome. Uh, we have two more coming up. So if you're going to be uh, in Fort Lauderdale at Taylor Business Group's big, big conference, we are doing the MSP Community Boat Party. So we'll be taking a mega yacht uh, trip down the uh, intercoastal there. Uh, last time we did this was at Autotask Community Live 2017, right before they merged with Datto. Uh, been trying to figure out how to get back ever since. And here we finally are. Also, if you're going to be in Orlando on November 9th, now there's a bunch of events happening that week. We are doing our last big, you know, community block party of the year. So even if you're not going to any events, you happen to just be in the area, or you just want to take a few days and have a vacation and come to a party, come on down if you're an MSP. We'll be hosting a private concert by the All-American Rejects. That's right. The guys that are, all, you know, their stuff's still on the radio. And I'm sure if you heard their music, go YouTube it. You'll remember it. Uh, I like uh, If It Gives You Hell. That's my favorite song, but I just, I just digress. Uh, so there's that one. Um, we also have the last three so, uh, Channel Strong tours of the year. Uh, I just saw that we had um, like a little over 100 people already registered for week six, which is coming out uh, 20, uh, September 26th through the 30th. So if you're in Denver, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Topeka, Kansas, St. Louis, Missouri, and you're an MSP, you can just like drive down the street and join us. Come on out. It's going to be like two to six each day in each city. Uh, and, you know, we're going to be uh, hosted by MSPs in their parking lots, tailgate style, but lots to learn, lots to network. And who doesn't like a good beer and maybe a good sandwich or two uh, while you're out there? We'll also be uh, October 17th through the 21st, Vegas, Phoenix, San Diego, Irvine. <clears throat> and then uh, also um, November 28th through December 2nd, Fort Lauderdale, Tampa, Orlando, and Atlanta. These are pretty fun. We've, we've had a ton of time, uh, fun driving throughout the country, but I know we've been doing that since, you know, big bad COVID came through. Last uh, thing that I want to mention is I will actually be headed out tomorrow uh, to this event in Chicago. So if you're in the Chicago area or just, you know, like to drive places, uh, come out to TechCon Unplugged, uh, hosted by Paco and friends, uh, Paco LeBron from uh, that area. Um, it's uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which is kind of unusual for conference uh, timing and dates, but I kind of like it because then you don't miss work time. Um, and I think Matt Lee's actually popping back from Australia. You know, yes, the guy with the beard that's shaving it off. 
uh, with a bunch of other guys who have beards that are shaving their, their beards off for charity at IT Nation. So, um, yeah, we'd love to see you guys out there in Chicago if you're in the area. All right. Mike, did you even catch up on your sleep, man? Are you okay? Did I need to send you a package of Red Bull or something? I am I am caught up on my sleep, brother. <laughs> it, was good, it was a good event. Long, long days, man. Yeah. So Mike, Mike Brooks from Audit. Um, there, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about their, their solution here in a second, but, um, Mike's been in the industry for, for, for a long while. Um, you know, he's, he, he likes to talk a lot about sales stuff, which is good. Cause that's a lot of what, you know, we in technology, we like to make things that are really cool, but we not, may not be the best salespeople. So we'll talk to Mike a little bit about that in a second, but yeah, Mike was, uh, at, uh, Datacon this past week in DC, um, three years in the making. Uh, I think it was. I think a lot of people went to figure out what they were going to do with Kaseya Dado. Um, you know, and they had Fred out there on the main stage and tried to paint the plan. Um, definitely a lot of people when, paying attention. I can tell you that. You were there, Darren, right? Well, I mean, to, if, if it's appropriate time to, as I've had time That's to okay. reflect on the situation more. Sure, go for it. Um, it's saying what you want, you know, in theory, what you want to hear. But I was, I was very shocked that there was no mention, unless I missed it, but really no talk of the emphasis or the priority on keeping all this stuff secure, which you would have thought that it might make some sense to give us some assurances there particularly as they go to link everything to everything else and have it monitored by Cooper, the dog thing, whatever, and be like, oh yeah, everything's all talking to each other. And like, well, I don't know. I mean, it seems very notable that there was no talk at all of how they're going to keep that all protected, which leaves me incredibly concerned. Let's just say that. So let me, let me pause you there. And like, so the one thing, so I mentioned it on the Tuesday cast in the conference center. Um, they did put up a slide saying that they believe that if they were to consolidate products, right? Like if I said, I got three PSAs, I'm going to force everybody onto one and the other two are going to go away. Or I have two RMMs and I'm going to shut down one and move everybody to the other. Like they feel that the opportunity loss in terms of dollars is about $500 million versus the $20 million and this is by way an annual figure, if I heard it properly or read it properly, or versus, that the, slide. versus the $20 million it would take to maintain and continue on with every multiple product, whether it's overlapping or not. I would hope that part of that $20 million a year is going to be part of what you're talking about. But you're right. They didn't specifically say security, right? They said product, you know, like maintenance and enhancements and integrations and whatever. But, but, but beyond um, that, George, beyond yeah. them wanting to maintain the separate, separate products, which I get yeah. that's the right approach for them. The ones that we do use, they, they want to link them all together, you know, and sure. have it all be. And, and that's where I worry is that. Well, they, they've um, kind of already have, if you've gone into data, it's a, you can sign yeah. in now with your one K Kaseya sign in and Right. Part, like right. all, they've already done some interlinking. They said, I think they said there was over a hundred interlinking points now already that have been turned on. If I heard that properly in the presentation. Yeah. Just, um, yeah I mean, listen, I, I would, the first question I would have 
Darren. Yeah, and I don't know if you had a chance. I know a lot of people were invited to have one-on-one meetings with Fred and company. And I know several people who did, I didn't have a chance to really circle back with some of those guys to figure out like, Hey, what did you feel coming out of that? Um, I guess I would ask is Ryan week, somebody that stays right as the CISO coming from the data audit side. And if he's not I mean, going to stay on, he wasn't then, there. well, no, I, mean, I know he was there. So it was Rob Ray for, for that matter, but are they going to be here for the foreseeable future or, or not? Right. There was no mention at all of Ryan from what I could tell. And that should tell us everything we need to know. And I'm just speculating that if he's not there and not saying anything, then what should that tell us? Right. And uh, he was, I mean, so, so then if I'm you, right. Yeah. And anyone else who's worried about security, I know there's a lot of you guys out there. I mean, I, I guess I put myself in the same bubble other than, Hey, you know, I don't want my customers going down for something that I don't really have control over. Then the, I want to talk to the people who are in charge of security and ask the questions point blank. What is the plan, right? Um, to your point, that probably would have been a good session, you know, at DataCon. Address it head on. I and mean, it's, it's in the back of everybody's, you know, really, it's it's like I, I was kind of shocked it was not not formally talked about. And it it's concerning because I think yeah. that they want to just, you know, brushed under the rug. It never happened. And, you know just buy more of our products. So overall, I'm glad I attended. It was a good event, but I was not I was not reassured at all. And all the innovation that Datto is doing and the product evolution and all that stuff is all the stuff they would have done anyway. That has nothing to do with Kaseya injecting them with whatever they've injected them with. You know what I mean? Like I, it's I not ran, like you can say- I ran into a guy, not to cut you off. I ran into a guy who said, you know what it would have been and I kind of went back and forth with them. What it would have been a great session was the anatomy of the breach, right? Like, tell us your story, right? How did it go down? How did you catch the guy, right? Like, you know, you know, when was the FBI involved? You know, like, and somebody said, well, I think it's still ongoing. I don't know if they can actually tell you that yet because I don't know if the dude that they got that, you know, was in the mainstream media, right? They, they, they arrested this guy who was involved or responsible like, is he, has he gone through the legal process yet? Is there still an open whatever, right? But um, I would have loved to understand that more in depth, um, if nothing other than a learning opportunity, right? But well, no, that's, I, I, guess. Even, I can see them not wanting to relive that. I get that, especially because, you know, by all the reports that have been largely, you know, uh, it's like it was very avoidable, um, you know, but based on what actually happened, but that's, I won't go into that, but uh I, I would expect or had hoped, as I said, that there was a real emphasis on as we're doing all this, we're keeping security front of mind all the time. And yeah. I did yeah. not hear that. I just didn't well, at all. I'll tell you, you know, what, more account one, guy you know, it's we, like, one guy who we know, I mean, you've probably, you've talked to him, I'm sure Brian Weiss, right? From iTech. Um, yes, I did. Yes. I mean, if that's a guy that, I, I mean, there are security focused guys out there. That guy went through it, right? Pre- what happened in 2021 or whatever, right? Like that guy actually got hit and left and then went to that side, whatever. And like, I believe he's one of the people that met with, with the people who are running the show, uh, you know, down in DC, um, reach out to that guy and ask him. I mean that I, you know, like go to a guy that's on the same page as you and see, see what his conversation was like. I would be surprised if he didn't bring up that topic. 
So, and if you don't have his information, I'm happy to connect him with you. Anyway, I digress. Good feedback, by the way. No argument. I think it's an important topic and definitely shouldn't be brushed under the rug. I think it should be front and center based on the reality of what happened. And it wasn't that long ago, although it seems like it was. It really wasn't. So um, a little over a year ago. All right. So other than that, Darren, um, I think the I think the conference and, and this goes to you, Mike, and anyone else that went, I think the conference was well done. I mean, given it was I'll be totally honest with you. I went for a site survey to kind of shop for what ultimately became the, the Nationals ballpark party that we did. And a few short months ago, it was not that pretty. Like what was grass and pretty across the street and all that was not, not covered in good place, not covered in good things. So they definitely cleaned up DC or at least around the convention center they did, which is great. Uh, Cause it felt a lot better uh, than what I remember it. And uh, I think the convention center, which, you know, is a big place actually was actually laid out fairly well. Um, it, it was, it was, like, yeah, it was logistically, it was okay. Um, I, I don't know. I guess I prefer, I like having a, yeah, it, it was pretty good. It was, and it was well done. The, the event was definitely well done. I can't, can't say that it wasn't. Yeah. And like, I know they said there was like 2,700 ish people there. Um, I don't know if I, it seemed more, like if that's the number awesome, if I had to guess, if I take out all the vendors and staff and, you know, people who are giving food out and all the other people, probably 1500 ish MSP attendees. Like it would be my guesstimate. Uh, like that's, you know, that's just based on all the you know things that I looked at, right. In order to come to that number, but I'd say that's still pretty yeah, good. Right. I mean, in terms of it's, it's hard, it's really hard. It's hard because you, you know, you, you really rarely see, everybody together even in the, even in the big set like nobody's going to everything and it's it's just hard to get a sense of i i think one of the things that's so difficult at these now is there's so many things to spend your time doing it's yeah. very hard to know what the best thing to do is right i i struggle with that in terms of you know what what sessions do i want to go to and you know or what events do i want to go to in the evening and you know there's just there's there's the struggle with that when there's just so much it's, stuff. It's almost like, it's almost like six flags, great adventure, right? Like you can, there's like so many rides to go on and you know, you can't go on all of them before the park closes. So you kind of have to, you know, circle the ones that you want to go on. Right. I mean, but you're to your point, there's overlapping things. There's overlapping sessions. There's overlapping after hours stuff. Right. I mean, I guess it's kind of cool, right. That there's enough to support that stuff. Um, and I know with sessions and conferences, they try and run them more than once so that you can get to them, but, uh, in a lot of cases, but yeah, to your point, um, you almost, especially if you're a larger organ, you can do it. You almost need to divide and conquer, right? You need to like bring a handful of people and say, Hey, you're going to go do the sales stuff. You're going to go do the, right. you know, the, the tech stuff. You're going to go do the marketing stuff. You're going to go, you know, like you almost need to do that. Right. I, I, I got to say one more thing you mentioned earlier with that, whatever that tech con event is, I love the thought that it's on a weekend. And I know that's not popular, but when you have a small operation like I do, it is extremely difficult. Like the whole first half of Tuesday, we just had one of those days that was a bad day. And I had, you know, staff call out and I was helping with stuff I wouldn't want to have been helping with. And I missed some stuff that I, in fact, my meeting that I had with the executive, I could not attend because I was dealing with, you know, three fires at the moment. Um, so it, it is like, I really think that's awesome that they're doing 
that there's an event that's doing that and it lets uh you know it lets you be able to focus a lot more i'm happy to give up a weekend to to get more out of it my time and not be yeah. nearly as worried about what's going it, on with everything else yeah i had paco and his business partner on maybe four weeks ago and um, they said they specifically planned it for the weekend for that point, right? That they didn't want people to have to decide versus like running their business and actually going and learning something, right? And so they start it. their event. They start their event Friday evening, and then it ends uh, Saturday night, and then you like you kind of stick around Sunday morning, kind of thing. So I like it. I, I think it was a smart move, and maybe more people will pick up on that. Um. All right. Well, I know Pete. Before I get into sales talk with Mike. You know, you were also at the uh, the DataCon event as well. I uh, might as well take your feedback. What did you think? How did you like it? Are you are you have are you rested up, or do I need to send you a case of Monster since Mike doesn't need it? Well, I got I got to tell you, it was my first DataCon as uh, as a vendor, oh. and uh, I, you know I I've been there before. I've gone to DataCon as a participant, hit the you know the the sessions to learn and all that. But uh, I mean, my only my only thing is, and I, I, you know, this is one event that I don't think any vendor will say that they didn't have enough time in their booth. But uh, you know, I yeah. already already got already got my first appointment set for a follow up, and it's a good one. And so uh, you know, close one one deal, two deal. It's well well worth being a vendor for it. Yeah, and, I think. Uh, there's plenty of vendor you know. time for sure. I think I think the one day was like twelve or fourteen hours or something like beginning to end. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. You know, I guess the best thing you could tell Even, people is either buy the carpet or uh, bring really comfortable shoes. Yeah, and even the gels will worn down after a while. So. <laughs> but uh, I, I think I think overall it was a good event, and and you know certainly the the channel block party was great and. Uh, dealing with Major League Baseball, learned a lot of things that never would have thought of before, but just the size of the organization and what you have to deal with, right? So, yeah. So, you always good me. experience. Yeah, I think, I think we all <laughs> learned a few things. I wasn't but, in on all the conversations. I know you had many more, but certainly the things I had to deal with were, uh, you know, frustrating at many things, but in the end, it all got done and it was a great event. So, yeah. First, first time that was pretty cool. Um, yep. Cool. All right. Well, Mike, sorry for uh, you know getting all that out of the way, but hey, you know, no three years of DatoCon built up frustration. Right. We finally got it done. It got it behind us. It was a good event. Uh, definitely well worth the time. Uh, I think they said they plan on continuing DatoCon, if I'm not mistaken. I think somebody told me Miami. I think somebody told me first week of October. So. There is a DatoCon 2023 in the future, um, but DatoCon 2022 is in the books. It was a great event. I had, I had a blast and it was, it was weird being back, but, uh, you know, it's hard to believe it was so long ago in San Diego. Yeah. San Diego was, I mean, uh, great, like great place, right? I mean, yeah, hard to beat the, uh. Yeah. Yeah. The visuals and the weather of uh, San Diego, for sure. To be fair, the weather was really horrendous while it was there. It really was not. It was not San Diego at its best. Everybody keep that in mind. San Diego, but gets San much Diego at its at its not so great is still pretty good for people who live yeah, up yeah. on a hard side of the world in the Northeast. Yeah, so, remember avoid, it was, avoid it was, yeah May and June avoid. But anyway, 
Yeah, I missed the aircraft carrier. I was I was on baby watch at the time, uh, so I wasn't allowed to travel. I did try and convince my wife to like have the kid in San Diego so that I could do the conference, but <laughs> as you can tell, that probably didn't go over well, and yeah. I didn't make it. But hey, I heard it was great. Was that was a blast? That was that was definitely uh, a unique experience. Yeah, aircraft carrier was cool. I heard. Uh as we're talking about cool places to have a party. No, that was that was great. That that's a really cool. It, honestly, if you haven't been to there as a, it, it's worth going. It's worth taking a trip to San Diego just to go to that museum. It's really fantastic, and there's yes, so much the other mid, stuff to do. That's but it's the, really what, the good. USS Midway, right? Yep. Yes. Yep. Sir. Yep. And and I will tell you as a as a uh, sailor that sailed next to the Midway on another ship. All of the call signs from her last deployment um, are still on the grease board up in navigation and combat. And so when I went on board and I. Uh oh, did we lose Pete? I think we lost Pete. It's that Starlink internet he's using at his place. Um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, and I think they actually use the Midway for the uh, Top Gun, um, the Top Gun Maverick, you know, kind of release premiere. And we all know that that broke like crazy, stupid records, like number six movie all time. I'm sure they're going to make gotta, a, uh, Top Gun three. I just watch, just watch it again on the plane uh, on the way uh, on the way back, and I'd say it, it it has good good rewatchability as well. Uh, obviously, go. not not great on the small screen, but uh, I mean, as it should be enjoyed, but. Uh, but you yeah, always, you can definitely you always watch pick it. up stuff when you watch movies over and over again, right? You never catch all the yeah. stuff. It's like Datacon, right? You missed all those sessions. Um, yeah. Anyway, Mike, for people who don't know who you are, probably should have started off with this. Why don't you give us a little bit of background, right? So that they know, you know, how you uh, how you made it into IT land. And then we'll talk shop a little bit. Yeah, sure. So I, uh, funny enough, I started my career in IT. Uh, I went to back when I went to school, it was called MIS, Management Information Systems. That was my degree and uh, got my first job actually being a computer tech and learned really quick that I was not cut out to be a computer tech. So I was not a technical person at all. So I kind of migrated more towards marketing and selling and communications and ended up uh, running my own business and ended up that turned into a marketing agency. So I ran a marketing agency for, for many, many years. Ended up meeting this guy, Frank Benedetto from uh, Two River Technology Group, just up the road from you, George, in, uh, I'll call it Northern Philadelphia. Whoa, 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 hold on. New Jersey and Philadelphia, let's be fair, right? Like, I just call there, it, there's I just a like river in between, okay? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's one big state to me. Yeah, know. okay. I didn't realize uh, Philadelphia wasn't in New Jersey until like two years ago. Um, I think it's the opposite way around. South Jersey is just part of Philadelphia. That's now, right. North Jersey is its own. That's like New York territory. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I, I met Frank through through a friend who who developed the audit system with him. And uh, yeah, Frank had just launched this new software called Audit back in 2015. And he did it because he, as an MSP, he was having a hard time communicating the value of what he did to his clients. So he created a way to simply and easily create uh, sales presentations that were non-technical. And I was like, when I saw it, I'm like, oh my God, this is like, uh, I wish I had it for my marketing business. And we, we started talking a lot and I became a early partner in the company. 
And fast forward, I'm still here, hanging out, getting to go to cool places like Washington, D.C. for DattoCon and hang out with cool people like you, George. So I feel like I've, uh, I'm still learning, you know, I, I, again, I started in the technical field, but I was never a technical person. So I, I always feel like every day I'm still learning from these incredibly brilliant people. <laughs> We've got some brilliant minds in, in our, in the channel here. And, uh, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun. That's awesome. Um, you know, it's funny. I was watching some of the, you know, larger vendors who had stage time. Right. And I was listening to Bruce from, uh, Galactic Advisors and a couple of the other guys. And, you know, as more and more, I know we talk about security, I feel like every other, every other conversation, but it's like, it is becoming a harder and harder and deeper technical conversation as time goes on. And now you're trying to talk about something, you know, probably deeper than anything we've done up until this point from an industry, right? You know, like when you're getting into attack vectors and, you know, layers and all this, whatever. And then you're trying to communicate that to somebody who has no background at all <laughs> in that, right? Like these people are, you know, good enough that their computers are working properly at the time, let alone all the other advanced stuff that we, you know, we're, we're diving into now. So, you know, 20 years later, right? I kind of bumped into the sandbox. I, I like to call it the MSP sandbox. Um, you know, like early 2000s, right? 2001-ish. Um, 2022 is a lot more sophisticated than 2001 is from this seat, right? So more, you know, MSPs for the greater part of that 20 year plus period and still today struggle trying to position properly and, and continuously sell technology to non-technology people. So Obviously, you're you're in this all day long, right? You're talking to people, MSP, business owners, salespeople, all day long. Like, what's working and what's not? Because, you know, some people are just the tech people have a hard time articulating and simplifying things, and I think that's where they lose opportunities because the person on the other side's like, I have no idea what language you're talking. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, you're not tech, technical people aren't alone. They have a special kind of challenge, but there's a technical nature to everything that everybody does. You know, when I was, when I first started selling, I was selling, I wasn't selling technology. I was selling after school activities, you know, I was selling martial arts lessons, but there's a technical nature to that and a language that people don't understand. And, and I found out very early on that if they don't understand what you're talking about, they're not going to be able to make a buying decision. It, it's, and I started really diving deep into that. And, you know, the past probably 10, 15 years, there's a lot of science now that backs up a lot of the ways, a lot of those things that salespeople, I think, have known for many, many years about how to, how to speak to people. But, but science has really proven certain things work and simplicity is, is key. So whatever, Whatever field you're in, you have to make it simple for the client to understand. And, and it has to be almost, you can't even take, you can't take anything for granted. You, you know, when, when, I was, when I was selling marketing services, one of the things we did, which was SEO, search engine optimization, right? Reels, reels everybody knows what SEO is. Uh, but back in 2013, I, I got called in to do a, 
a company was having a problem on Google. They, they got penalized and they were, they called our company in to try and help them fix it. And I went through my presentation and I'm telling, telling them all about how we do SEO and what we do. And the guy stopped me as I was talking, he goes, this sounds great, but what I'm a little confused. What is SEO? I'm like, it's what you, you know, I'm thinking in the back of my head, that's what you called me in here to help you with. But he had never heard it as SEO. He just knew that he wasn't ranking on Google anymore. And the company he hired to help him rank on Google got him in trouble. And he just never, as dumb as that sounds, it wasn't, it was, you, you just always have to under, you have, you have to really work hard to kind of put yourself in, in that person's shoes and never underestimate how little they're going to know about what we do right and it's just you know technical i think our industry this industry has a the curse of knowledge thing going on because it is so super technical but you have to dumb it down even further and it, it's just yeah i've seen it in in every field i've ever sold for anyone i've marketed helped help with their marketing it's like they if if your customer doesn't have an expertise, a level of expertise in that. And even if they do, they, they just don't speak the terminology, the lingo that we speak in, in our industry. So I think a lot of people, Mike, have a hard time understanding why things cost what they do, right? And like now that the average price point, either it's, you know, per user or however people are charging is now going up and up and up, you walk in the door. And like, well, you know, I, I'm just not going to pay that, right? You know, like the last guy was going to charge me a third of what you're charging. And you're like, first question I ask is, where is the last guy then? Right. You know, like, why are you talking to me, right? <laughs> Clearly something didn't go right or else, or go wrong, or else you wouldn't be calling me, right? And having conversation. So like, what what broke, right? Or what didn't happen? But um, I think more recently, right now that, either somebody is into a regulated vertical, right? Where they were enforced by either an upstream customer or vendor saying, hey, you want to keep selling to us? You need to do this, 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 and this because we, you know, by proxy of some contract upstream from us deal with a healthcare agency or a government agency or a whatever it is. So like that's been one angle. I think another angle is we've talked about this over and over again about, you know, all of this, you know, cybersecurity insurance stuff and, you know, coming more and more expensive and, and sometimes it won't even cover you now, right? Depending on what your situation is and how you answer. So it's been nice, at least in a few occurrences recently where now the customer's calling you saying, I need all this stuff. How much is it going to cost me? How quickly can I get it? That's like not normal though, right? <laughs> I feel like that's, that's, a, that's like a gift and that's awesome. I'll take it. But like the rest of the stuff that I need to do to pay my bills is a lot harder. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, th there's a, there's a lot in there, you know, you know, um, pricing is, you know, price we pay, like it's, if somebody's being forced to do it, like they're bringing you to the table and they're going, you got to have all this. Um, it's, it's easy to, it's easy to get that, that sale, but people are always going to be confused by what they don't quite understand. And, and everybody comes with their point of reference for what something should be like. You know, if if you're going to buy a, a car, for example, you're going to have a point of reference. You you, you kind of understand what that what that price is going to end up being, right? 
Like if you're if you're buying a Mercedes, you know it's going to be north of probably fifty thousand dollars. If you're buying a Honda, you know it's going to be thirty thousand dollars, maybe you know, or south. And, and if you're buying a used car, you kind of have a gauge of. But imagine if you went to buy like a used Honda Civic, and and the person wanted a hundred thousand dollars, you're going to be like, you know, your point of reference is this. And and a lot of times when somebody already has an IT provider. Right. Or they they have IT without maybe they don't have anybody, but they're doing it themselves. They still have a point of reference of what it's going to cost or what they think it should cost. Right. Like so if I'm paying five hundred dollars a month right now with my current guy and you come in or an MSP comes in and goes, well, you know, even if your insurance company told you, you better go get this, this and this, they start you, you go, well, it's going to be twenty five hundred or five thousand dollars a month. Their point of reference is five hundred dollars, and they're they're comparing it to that. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does make sense. I think when you're buying something new, you're adding on new services that they didn't have before. They probably don't have a point of reference, right? I mean, they don't. They just don't understand, and that's where you know there's a big hurdle to jump because you need to educate them in the process of trying to also convince them that they need this, right? And then you know, of course, you know, everybody's like, well, here, here's a waiver, sign this because now you don't want this new service. Right. And then, you know, six months later, they get hit, all their stuff gets, you know, goes down. And now they're like, well, why didn't you protect us? You know, like, hey, remember this piece of paper? You, saw? you know, like it, it always feels like it happens that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, <clears throat> and then there's different, you know, I hear different things, right? Like, so I hear, I mean, some people, some MSPs are out there and, and they're just not, selling what they should sell because they're they're not able to get it and they go out there they lose the sale so they're gun shy the next time and you know the person's like well i don't want to spend that much money and and again it comes down to communication right like if you can't educate them and and they you can't show them what the value is of all this stuff they're they're using their point of reference to go well i'm only spending you know a couple hundred bucks a month why should i spend a couple thousand dollars a month even though it's ridiculous that they would they they know they have to do more they just they they we need a point of reference to make a decision you know that's that mental that's that thing in our brain we have to literally have some kind of point of reference before we can say yes to something and the education process helps you get from from you know where where they are today to get them over that gap to understand why you need all this stuff and why it costs so much money but you know Again, it starts with all starts with good education and, and being able to clearly explain, you know, we, we, we um, one of the books that I recommend people read is called a book called Gap Selling, which is written by a guy named Keenan. It goes by one name like like share. Um, and the concept is, is simple. It's not anything new or groundbreaking, but it's it's good sales uh, for it works really well in our industry. It's consultative selling. The idea is, you know, fits right in with what you do already. You go out, you do a technical assessment. You you look at their environment. You ask them questions to understand what their current state is, and then you're going to show them the future state, which is where they want to be, where where they should be. But now you've got to show them that gap between, and, and that's why it's called gap selling. So, and, and in the book, he he makes a great um, he uses a great example of saying, you know, if you had a mild headache and, and you asked for a Tylenol, how much are you willing to pay for that Tylenol to get rid of your mild headache? 
like 50 cents, you know, are you going to pay a hundred bucks, 200 bucks? What are you going to pay? But if you find out that that, you know, go to the doctor, you doctor asks you a bunch of questions, you find out you've got a brain tumor. Now that drug, whatever that thing is, that's going to, going to cure you, you're willing to pay a whole lot more for it. So the concept is to be able to clearly demonstrate the gap, the difference between current state, future state, and they understand the value that lives there. And the wider the gap, the more the value. And that's what's cool about this industry. There is a huge gap between current state and future state for almost every prospect out there. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. Um, so obviously you've worked with people that have learned to go from a technical, maybe like a sales engineer or technical person into more of a salesperson. You know, what are the, what are the top one or two or three things that you, you know, can give as advice to help somebody go from a really technical person into an okay salesperson? I don't want to say great because I know great, you know, like, you know, what? great would mean you're at the top of the game and it's like, you'd have to be a professional salesperson. I don't want to say that that's the game. Like, let's bring it down. Okay. Salesperson. What's the top couple of things that you would suggest people to do? Yeah. Can I, can I, can I use bad words on this or is this? Yeah. A rated yeah. Wide open. It is recorded, be, but wide open. The number one piece of advice is you've got to understand that nobody gives a shit about your product and your service. They care about the business outcome. They care that you can do what you say you're going to do. They don't care about what backup system. They don't care if you use Datto. They don't care if you use Kaseya. They don't care about that. They don't care about what, how many tickets are open, you know, how, how many tickets you close this month. They care about, did you solve the problems quickly? And do you understand my needs? Do you understand what outcome I, I need to have as a business? And can you help me grow my business through technology? That's what they care about. Um, everybody who sells, and, and that's why I say this is not just a curse of, of people in technology. We all are passionate about what we do and we want to educate people on it. When I sold martial arts lessons, I used to love to educate people on the history and what you're going to do in the ring and how you're going to, all the movements and how it's going to help. And, and the mom who's brought their child in is like, I don't give a shit. I just want my kid to not get not loses focus in class. I heard that this helps with focus. They don't care. And, and, I, and I can't stress that enough. It's like, to me, that's the number one, two, three, four through 10 thing is understanding that you do not need to go in there and educate them on technology. That's not what they want. They want it. They, they already trust you when you're in there, right? They wouldn't have called you in if they don't have a level of understanding that you're the doctor. You're the, you're, the, you're the smart person in the room. And I know that you're, you're here because I understand that. Now you just need to explain to them in a way they can understand how you can help with fix the, out, fix the problems and the business impact and the outcomes that they want. Uh, and that's, that's number one, because that gets in our way. Like if, if we go in there and start babbling about features and benefits and all the garbage that we do, you're just gonna lose them. Their eyes are gonna glaze over. And they're not going to buy the stuff that you need them to buy at the price you need them to buy it because they won't understand it because if their eyes glaze over, they can't hear you. Right. So that's number one. And I think, you know, technology people like to talk about the technology, right? Everybody likes to talk about that. And, and you just got to realize that that's not important to them. 
and, and that leads into number two, which is listen more than you talk. I mean, and you've probably, you know, I'm sure we've heard that you've, you've nobody's, if you've been selling anything for more than five minutes, whether you're a sales professional or not, you've heard that, right? Like, listen to what people are, people are saying. And, uh, I mean, I, I read this book called how to win friends and influence people, right? Early, early on. It was one of my first books that I read. You, you read that or heard about it? You know what I, I haven't, I mean, I've heard of the book. I've never read it. It's actually, to me, that's like the first book every sales professional should read. It's a thick book, long book, but it's really the premise of the book is shut up and listen, ask really good questions. That's, that's the challenge for every salesperson. Even the best salespeople fall down in their questioning, right? The, the questions are the questions you ask and how well you listen and hear them. There's two different, there's, there's a difference between listening and hearing, right? Sometimes we, we listen and we're listening for a, a keyword, right? We listen for something that they're going to say that makes us go, Ooh, that's a buying signal. Now let me stop what they're stop them in their tracks and talk about this thing. I think they said the, 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 the idea here is, is digging, right. And understanding the, the, so that like, like when I, when I coach, when I've coached people on, on selling and marketing in the past, I've said, you know, when you, when you're explaining your service or your business, you know, people talk in features, a lot of times they'll say, well, you know, we have the best sock, blah, 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 that, 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 and it's like, okay, so that, I mean, what does it do? So what? So that it, this happens, what happens after they plug this thing in? What's, what's the, What's the emotional, what's the, what's the thing that's keeping them up at night about this stuff? And you have to really be a good, like almost like a detective. You have to be very inquisitive and, and really hear them, hear what they're saying and kind of think in real time, what, what should I ask next? And, and a lot of times that's, you know, George, if I'm trying to sell you something and I ask, you start asking about your pains and problems, you know, I'm trying to sell you something, right? You know, I'm trying to get your pains and problems so I can figure out what I need to say to get you to buy something. So what are you going to do? Like if, if you bring a car into, into the, 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 the dealership, you keep, you know, and you're, you're talking to the guy and he's like, well, you know, what do you like? And, and what do you, why do you want to buy a new car? You're keeping things close to your chest because you don't want them to use their sales moves against you. So we're not always honest when we're in a, in a buying situation, right? We, we don't, yeah. we don't put our cards down. So you have to start following up with them and asking them, well, tell me what happens, what, what happened as a result of that? And again, back to gap selling, he, he talks about in his book, um, his longtime best client, um, had, he was, he was one of the three or four people who were coming into bid, bid on, uh, doing sales training for this company and everybody else. The afterwards, the guy told him why he, um, got the job, like why he hired him over the other people. And he wasn't even really qualified at that time to, to get the job, but he hired him anyway. He goes, the reason I hired you is because all these guys came in and started asking me questions. And, and I told him the same thing. I said, we're just not hitting our goals. You know, our salespeople aren't hitting our goals. So as soon as they heard that, these people are like starting to spew all these ways they help with our goals. He goes, Keenan, you were the only person who came in and said, how far away from your goals are you? And it got him thinking and he's like, wow, he started explaining how far away. And, and as he did that, he goes, you know, 
I didn't realize just how far we were away from our goals. It was like huge. The number became much bigger and there's the gap, right? And, and these other people got the answer to that first question and let it go. Keenan said, tell me more. Like what, why, you know, cause there's so much, there's so much deeper you can go, right? Like how far away from your goals are you? What, what have you been doing that had, that you think hasn't been getting you? you know, there's so, there's so many questions. So you've got to like, think what, okay. That I hear him. He's not getting hitting his goals. Now what's the next question that I can ask because there's more I need to know. And that's, I think where people fall down a lot is when they ask the question and they, they go on and check the box and then they go on to the next question. So those are the, those are two key, key things. And then, you know, I, I guess for a third one, I would just say no is never no until it's absolutely no, I guess. No is never no. No is, no is never no until it's like, how about don't call me? Is that hell no, I'm never going to call you. But because what I'm getting at is people give up way too easy. Right. People give up way too easy. And and the best, the ones who are doing this the best have a good marketing strategy that includes following up forever and, until that person either buys or tells you to go away. Sometimes a lot of the MSPs that are really successful that I talk to are, they're getting clients that they did a presentation to three years ago and they come back to them after their contract is up. And it's like, we made a mistake and, and now we want to bring you in. Uh, so it's just, you know, keep following up, keep drip marketing to people fortune is in the follow-up never give up so oh totally agree on the follow-up and consistency i think that's another word people always fall down on consistency yeah did you mike have a chance to watch the gary v session i didn't you know i and and i've seen i've been following gary v for a long time i i actually discovered gary v in when he did wine library tv on youtube back in the early early days even i think he did it somewhere else before youtube I started modeling his videos in, in my business at the time, back in 2000, I don't even remember, mid-2000s. Mid um, so I've been a, a Gary V guy for a long time. I read, read his, his early books and uh, heard him speak at IT by Design. And I know Gary well enough to know what he's going to say and how he's going to say it. So I decided I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> Oh, that's why a, you're not tired. It was a long, uh, I mean, you were right. You said it like that first day was like a 14 hour day. Yeah. It was like eight to eight. And I was like, dude, I, I'm going <laughs> to jump in here. I think you missed out. Not because of the stuff. Like I'm, I don't care about sales and marketing. It's not my thing. And, and he talked obviously a lot about that, but some of the other stuff he hinted on was really good. I think he, uh, he was really, uh, insightful. So like what did he, he, what did, what did he, well, what was I mean, essentially talking about how the generation of the current generation of workers that many look at as, or younger workers, you know, lazy millennials or whatever, and they, they don't want to work and they're not motivated and all that. And, but the reality in a lot of cases is that they just have a lot more options to do other kinds of stuff that we didn't have, didn't even exist when when we were around and turn, you know, he gave the example of how many people are, have brand deals, you know, brand ambassadors on YouTube or Instagram or TikTok, where you don't even have to be that, you know, that popular or famous to, to, to make a living doing that. If you, if you have, you know, if you do it right, I mean, um, and then, you know, people that have, uh, you know, the, you know, they're selling, they're reselling stuff on eBay or they're, you know, other things that just, 
they're smarter in the sense that they realize the model that everybody has been ingrained with of, okay, you know, go to a company and, you know, work at that company and be relying on them. And, and then they're going to probably just fire you or merge with somebody and you're going to get laid off. I mean, it's like, it's, it, the whole thing is shifting. So his worry essentially is that there's going to be ultimately sooner than later, there's going to be a huge, a, a big, uh, a big problem. I mean, they were already seeing it with the ability to traditional companies, so to speak, to, to get workers at all, you know, and it's only going to get much worse. I think that's what he was. So, so, so first of all, I posted the link. I actually recorded the whole thing. So you oh really great give me that yeah, i did okay. i did watch a little bit of of yours actually i was sitting in my room at the time and i did awesome I did. so watch it what what darren's saying that the, the beginning of the thought that he was kind of you know referring to was it's not just the great resignation it's the great i never even applied you know and that the younger generation has now other outlets for them to generate revenue that isn't traditional jobs and interviewing and working for the service industry or whatever, right? And so his concern is you're never even going to get those people to the table to determine if they're even like how, you know, if it continues down the path that he envisions it is going to go to, that if you think there's a work shortage now, it's going to be compounded not too far down the line because these people just don't want to do that. They're not even, they're not, even if they don't want to do it, they're not going to, they'll find other ways to generate revenue, whether it's, you know, Instagram or YouTube or recent uh, to, to Darren's point, reselling stuff on online or anything else other than behind the desk, nine to five. Yeah. I also think that this stuff is not anything new. It's the, the way they're doing it is new, but I remember my parents' generation telling, saying the same, we are saying the same things about how our generation was lazier and we weren't, we were slackers and we were never going to work in the real world. And they want to, they don't want to wear ties anymore at work, you know, and it, it, there's, these changes are, these things always, there's always that generational gap between, you know, what was and what is. And I think we feel it now more because there is this, um, the job market is different right now, but you know what? It'll be tight again. That that all of a sudden, in in a, a, a months or year year or years, whatever it's going to take, all of a sudden, unemployment will be higher and people will be scrambling looking for jobs. It's going to change, no doubt about it. But uh, the younger I, generation, I think, I think you might be wrong on this one, Mike. I think you might be wrong on this one. I I, I think Gary V sold me the sold me the Kool Aid on this. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Only time will <laughs> well, tell. I, I think you know Gary. Gary thinks he's more chief of HR than he is a CEO. Uh, that's that's what he said, you know, in his little sit session there. But you know, at the end of the day, I think you know where he feels like he, you know, his superpower is, um, I guess, emotional intelligence. Right? That's what you know he thinks. You know how he can, you know, resonate with people and di yeah, dissect, dissect people and understand, you know, what they what they're really after and trying to you know, see, you know, get them where they need to be. But, you know, one of his pieces of advice, and I really, really strongly recommend, uh, if you're watching this post, um, uh, this is actually on my LinkedIn feed, but I'll, I'm happy to just send me a message. I'll send you the link of the recording. Uh, if not, everybody else will put it in the chat. Um, hire fast, fire faster, promote fastest. I mean, that was his effectively business advice, right? 
hire fast. You need people. Don't wait until you're burning before you, you know, like he said, he doesn't believe in that. Two, if they're not working out, don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. Cut them fast. Like, don't, you know, may not even be 90 days, right? For, you know, he said it might take three, four, five months to figure out somebody works or not. He's like, but if you know, gut feeling it's not going to work out, they're not wired for what you need. Be honest with them, but don't drag it out. And then like promote fastest. He said, even if the person that you promote, you know, cause they're hustling and they're doing what you're asking to do. And they're, 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 you know, putting the time in, maybe they're not going to be with you for the long haul, but if you promote them and, you know, they have a sense of belonging and ownership into what's happening, even, you know, they'll stick around longer, you know, even if they're not for the long haul kind of thing. Um, so that was kind of, you know, again, it's, I'm not going to say that I articulated that perfectly the way Gary does, but um, I thought that that was, you know, by the way, if you watch it, stick around to the Q&A. I thought the Q&A was really good. I thought the general presentation, Mike, mostly was what probably he presented at IT by Design, maybe with a couple of wrinkles, you know, to kind of modernize it based in the last year or two. But the, the Q&A, I think he really, he, he, he hit it out of the park. And it was, you know, that's where the new stuff, I think, came from. But um, yes, I love that guy. He fun. speaks my language, you know. I know, you know, me, you know, Darren's from New York, even though he likes to play in San Diego. And me, you know, me and you, Mike, were oh, we're it's a New Yorker, these. George. Come on, I, hey, I said you're York. from New York. I said you're from okay. New York. I didn't, I didn't hunt you. And yeah, you know, I said you like to play in San Diego. Remember? Yeah. Anyway, listen. Yeah, okay. Uh, but uh, me and me and you, Mike, right? We're from the Northeast. I know my buddy Matt Fox over here. He's from New York. I still have to go and get the pizza that apparently is gonna, you know, grow my hair back. But um, you know, like he, he's a New Yorker, right? He, he just kind of speaks speaks our language, I think, and I love that. I love right. the just blunt force hey you don't have to like the way I, I talk to you but you know understand you know what i'm telling you and either do something with it or don't and and that was the one thing he said i thought that was you know great line he's like if you came to this conference and you think by coming to this conference you did something you didn't like why did you even bother to waste your time to come here if you're not going to go and action something coming out of this because like that's what boggles his mind but we all know that that's true. <laughs> How many people go to events, they either buy a bunch of stuff or they take a lot of stuff from, from breakouts. And then like, you know, the next year comes along and nothing, nothing changed. So um, that's so true, right? Go do something about it. Very true. Uh, and then the other thing I took away was, um, you know, if you're having a problem with people in the organization, well, you hired them, right? If Susie, the front desk girl is not doing what you ask her to do, then the only reason she's here is because you're keeping her here. Right. So like either coach them up or move them out. And that goes back to that hire fast, fire faster, promote fastest. So um, yeah, no, I, I, I really, every time I, every time I hear Gary speak, I learn just a little bit more. Uh, I think his key, key, key takeaway, Mike, same thing from that IT by design session uh, over a year ago. Um, LinkedIn, LinkedIn content. Number one thing that any business service-based business should be doing and if you're not doing it, you're, you're hurting yourself. Uh, prime, prime, prime time to get in and start doing LinkedIn content, organic, sure. not paid, you know, in feed. And, um, you know, and he suggested is like, hey, do podcasts like this, interview people, you know, from your from your area, like start creating that, getting that out there, slice it up, chunk it up, put it out there. And then he said, once you figured that out and I see you next time, I'll tell you to go and do um TikTok. TikTok. He's like, get over the China thing, but I digress. 
All right. Well, Mike, really appreciate you for jumping on. Everyone else, thank you very much for jumping on. This session will be posted. Uh, Gary V. Link, go and watch it. I promise you. It's definitely worthwhile. Uh, you'll see this online shortly. Uh, we'll be back again Tuesdays, Wednesdays. If you're going to be in Chicago, see you. If you're going to be in Fort Lauderdale for Big Big, see you. Catch you later, guys. Thanks.